0: Toasties. I'm Missy with my bestie, Johnsy. Hey, y'all. And welcome to our toasted shenanigans. Now, you sicko, what do you got?
1: <laughs> my drink? Yeah. Uh, um, I'm As I said I would last time, I am trying the screwball with the yoo You're disgusting. <laughs> it's not disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. All right.
0: Let me... It's actually fucking delicious. Let me try it. I... I have my aversions to you, and it's disgusting because my first, like you was really big when I was like 14, 13, 14 years mm-hmm. old and I went off to a music festival unaccompanied by adults. <laughs> hey, I got to see Mudvayne for free. So it was worth it. It was well worth it. I got grounded. It was the best grounding ever. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but there was a yoohoo tent there and you could get these prizes if you did certain things like if you could drink like five shots of yoohoo you get whatever and um the goal was to throw up and mm. I had a friend who decided to go above and beyond on everything and he drank everything threw up into a cup and then drank that uh, okay <laughs> That's not Yoohoo, though. <laughs> he won all the prizes. But, like, Yoohoo was known to make people puke. So, I am... This
1: looks like shit. No, it doesn't. It's delicious. It looks... You to know, be honest, I probably could have put more screwball in there. But I like my drinks heavy. You could
0: have put more screwball in there, yet you made me take the double shot of the, of the screwball you <laughs> had. <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> waste it. <laughs> you wouldn't have had you put it in your drink. It tastes like watered-down screwball. No, it doesn't. It tastes like the water. No, down it doesn't, You d- does. could have definitely used more in try there.
1: Try it. Try it. You tell us. She
0: didn't use enough.
1: <laughs> no. No,
0: it tastes like I actually, didn't use enough whiskey. It actually tastes more like Yoo-Hoo than it does uh screwball.
1: Yeah, definitely. Or right, I need to stir it a little bit more. I got a little bit that time. All
0: right. Sorry for the slashing, but she sorry. needs a slur. She's
1: a <laughs> Real quick. She needs a stir. Oh, man. All right. All right. That's a little bit better. Hmm. Let's just taste it. Yeah, there's all peanut butter on that one. It
0: was just settling to the bottom. Oh yeah. That's a little bit. It still tastes You who is watered on chocolate milk, you guys, it's just it's fucking it's just delicious. Chocolate and water.
1: What you got? <laughs> yeah, I already know. <laughs> exactly.
0: I have barefoot Moscato, you guys. I went back to my tried and
1: true. Hmm. guys you gotta give her some like drink suggestions
0: hey i was doing other ones for a while i had the sonic water with the mio that was delicious
1: nobody really actually likes seltzers nobody they likes- just like that they can keep drinking them all day long and they don't get fucking sick not just that but they think that they're like being like health
0: conscious because it's low calories if you're drinking alcohol it's not being health conscious though let's be honest Oh, I know that. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I didn't say you were. <laughs> now I'm drinking my barefoot moscato. You, you know what? Leave me be. I, I will leave you be. It's if delicious. it's what
1: makes your little heart happy, then I will stand by it.
0: I love it. <laughs> As my favorite, guys. I will get. I will. I love this stuff. It's the best. Everyone makes fun of me though for it because it's like cheap. I mean, the large bottle of it's 10.99, depending on where you get it from. Um, but it'll get you fucked up quick if you're looking for that fun time.
1: Well, even though it's cheap, though, I feel like it still has a good flavor to it. Cause even a lot, cause I like the dark red wines, and a lot of their like dark reds, I will still drink. Even though it's cheap, it still tastes pretty good to me. I think it tastes great. And you know what, my wedding, every table had
0: a bottle, and guess what? All of them were gone. Well, yeah, it's a wedding. Not just that, just everybody up. chugged the shit because they liked it. So, well, it just
1: goes. It goes down easy. It goes down so
0: easily. I got turned on from it. I think from mom. I think mom was drinking it. She doesn't drink it anymore. I think she switched things up to different wines. But it was good. How
1: was your day? <laughs> nice transition. I love it. Um, it's it's been pretty good. I've been with you, so duh. <laughs> How sure's been? Come on. <laughs> I got a nap
0: in, so it was great. Yeah, I wasn't here for that. I know you weren't. Or else I'd be waking you up. <laughs> and then you probably wouldn't have had a good day. No. I was, I, you know, though, I've been wanting to take this nap since Thursday. And I had full intentions on taking a nap because I went to go see the sleep doctor. And I told him I was going to take a nap. And I never got around to that nap because I was running around running errands all day. And then I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Friday, I had to work all day. Saturday was the busiest day. And I wanted to take a nap then. And I didn't get to take my nap. So I finally got my nap in today and it was great. (laughs) At least you got that nap, finally. Yes, it was a nice little 30-minute cat nap. I love those. They're so refreshing. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about today? We're talking about uh, Gertrude. And I'm sorry if I murders this name. I've tried practice so hard to pronounce her name. It's Baniszewski. It's really awkward because... Sean's got one of those, like, ski names, and they're just so hard to pronounce. No, those
0: ski names are not hard to pronounce. They are. No, they're not. They're pronounced exactly how they're fucking spelt. Not this one. I had a lot of, like, Polish. Yeah, they're Polish. (laughs) And I have a lot of friends that have Polish last names, and they were so easy to spell and pronounce, because they're exact spelled exactly how they're fucking pronounced. I had one friend who wasn't. Hers was a little tricky, but...
1: Most of them are tricky for me. Maybe I'm just slow, but probably I'm just slow. But in <laughs> you. Yeah, we're talking
0: about a girl named Gertrude. <laughs> yeah, hey, I like that name. I have a thing for names. I, I really do. I've come to learn I have a thing for names. I love names. I love a good name. I think it's because of my job. And Gertrude's a good name. It's fun to say,
1: Gertrude. It's fun. I feel like the beginning of it's like, and I'm sorry if your name's Gertrude. I made mean, no slight against you, but I feel like the first part's like, I feel like I'm going to vomit and then You're I just sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
0: Gertrude. I love your name. I genuinely do. I have a thing for names. And like I said, I think it's because of my job. I see names all day. I'm a, I'm a nail tech and a massage therapist. So like So I see names all the time and yeah. I get a I get a kick out of it. I think because also my, my maiden name is Rome. And I used to get made fun of so much for that why i don't rome r-o-m-e like the city oh look at you on the map
1: so, i don't know
0: why kids thought that was like funny to make fun of people for but that's what i got
1: well at least your name wasn't johnsy i was always getting josie and the pussycats and stuff growing up in high school well not high school elementary school too but it would fucking piss me off i like josie and the pussycats that's my favorite show i mean i like the show but, but like, i get what you're saying it's not you, like it's, being called that
0: it was getting it, annoying it's like not even your name So, like, I could understand why that would irritate you. Kids can be bullies. Kids are dicks. (laughs) Fuck them kids. I jammed out to that TikTok. (laughs) Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. I love my kids, but fuck them kids. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) 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 All All right. Tell me about Gertrude. I will. So, Gertrude Van Fossen. That was her maiden name. Okay. German origin. Oh well, yeah. Um, another Virgo. Yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Born September nineteenth. That's my stepbrother's birthday. Fuck, really? Can we start? Yeah. That's his birthday. I did not know that. Yeah. He's a Virgo too. He's a Virgo. Oh, what the fuck? All these years and okay. That yeah. kinda makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Alright. But can we stop with the coincidences in all these stories? Like, please? Well, there's one other date in here I left out because I didn't want to trigger you, but now I will make sure I mention it. But anyways. Oh, great. (laughs) Uh, Born September 19th, 1929 to Hugh and Molly Van Fossen in Indianapolis, Indiana. She was the third child of six and basically is not known much about her earlier years, but what is known, she had a close, very, very close bond with her father. But her mother, on the other hand, they had quite the opposite relationship. Mm. And it even got worse after her father, father's son and death. Oh. So at age 11, Gertrude was by her father's side when he died unexpectedly from a heart attack. Oh, no. Which, here comes that date, which was October
0: 5th. Ah, fucking A, man. That's yeah. my wedding date.
1: Sorry. I did leave it out, but. You brought it on to yourself. I did. But anyways, it was basically said later on to have a big effect on her psychosis and could have possibly start to trigger her borderline personality disorder.
0: More than likely. Trauma trauma does that to people.
1: Especially somebody you have a really close bond with. Yes. But upon turning sixteen, Gertrude dropped out of school and married John Banscheski. Let me see this. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've heard it a million times, and I still cannot. Is it Zuski? No, it's not that either. We're just going to give them a nickname, guys, and you can give me... It looks like Banaszewski. ...a lesson later. But she married John B., okay? He was a deputy. Um, John had quite the temper. And whenever Gertrude would just, like, get on his nerves, he would physically and mentally abuse her oh yeah dick yep but despite the abuse she went on to have four children with john and they were paula stephanie johnny and marie Hmm. after 10 years of marriage gertrude finally called it quits and filed for divorce she was granted custody of all four children Gertrude had zero experience in the workforce, which made this kind of difficult, Uh leaving that life and receiving very little in child support. She decided she needed to make ends meet and met and married Edward Gunthry and hoping for a new happy life and a well-supported home for a family. But it didn't take long for Edward to realize he wasn't ready for an already made family. That's a big thing to take on. It is. That's it's a, a big very commitment. Very big commitment. Yeah. So I can't exactly, like, I can't blame him. But you did know going into it, and that's true. To be honest, I feel like he didn't give it a, enough time. Um, mm. He did leave her after only three months. Oh damn. Yeah, it wasn't long at all.
0: No, that's something mm-hmm. you should have like. I don't know. I feel like you, you find out she's coming with this. This is a package deal. You should have, from the get-go, been like, I'm not ready for that.
1: Yeah, this should have been something that you thought about beforehand. Yeah, and I mean,
0: if you're going to be like, yeah, maybe, then definitely, I think, more than three months you should have given.
1: But shortly after her and Edward's divorce, of course, John comes crawling back, supposedly a changed man. That's what they all say. Yeah, as we know, you know, people don't change that quickly. Not saying that they don't, but in three months' time, guys, no. It's not happening. John was more so probably just, you know, jealous and missing what he had lost. He must have been a cancer. <clears throat> you know what? I don't know. I should have looked up his birthday.
0: He was probably cancer. They're known for their jealousy.
1: Mm. But Gertrude did forgive him.
0: Of course. She's a Virgo.
1: And, yeah. But I would like to think it was due to, you know, kind of help support her four children. Yeah. But they went on to have two more children, Shirley and Jimmy. And, of course, John didn't change. He was still as abusive. And six children, and seven years later, Gertrude grew tired of it once more and left John. And she took her children with her. Good on her. Now, Gertrude is now 34. Um. And again, no really big workforce and needs, you know, to provide for her children. She meets a new man. And this is 23-year-old Dennis Wright. Dennis Wright. Mm-hmm. Dennis was, unfortunately, just as abus- abusive as John. And Gertrude went on to have a son with Dennis. And his name was Dennis Jr.
0: You know, a lot of people... She has a pattern, obviously, for abusive men. Mm -hmm. And I understand her dad died when she was very young. I'm just curious of where she got this, like, abusive attachment from. Her mother must have had some slight abuse. Or her mother must have dated people that were abusive. I have no idea. Or the fact that these men, being that they're abusive the way that they are, probably narcissistic and laid it on thick. In the love area, well, which got her attached.
1: Not much is known of her earlier years. Oh, yeah. And all that's know. known is that she had a close relationship with her father. So it could have even been that her father was abusive towards the mother. And that's why she didn't have a close relationship with her mother. The jealousy from the mom. Yeah. Why is he being so kind to you, but not me? But again, we're just making assumptions. Nothing's ever oh, yeah. actually said in yeah. details. Yeah, yeah. But shortly after Junior's birth, Gertrude actually became pregnant again. Oh, damn. Unfortunately, this time resulting in a miscarriage, Hmm. which was actually her sixth miscarriage. Oh, damn. So she has seven children now, and you're counting six. That means she's been pregnant 13 fucking times. Fuck. That's a lot. That's abuse to the body. Exactly, and according to the National Institute of Health, nearly 20% of women who experience a miscarriage become symptomatic for depression and or anxiety, and a majority of those affected symptoms persist to one to three years, impacting their quality of life. So, like,
0: is this if you have multiple miscarriages or just, just one, one? in general, that's Ooh, what, that, it, yeah. That makes so much fucking sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense in my life.
1: No. Carry on. Gertrude was working 16 hours a day, taking on odd jobs to help ends meet. I know she, like, took in a lot of, like, clothing and ironed it for a lot of the elderly women just to, you know, make a couple bucks here and there. hmm But she hardly ate because she had to feed her children first. Well, six of them. And she also claimed to seven. have many unknown illnesses. Oh, but Gertrude did have chronic asthmatic bronchitis, which she did take prescription medicine for. So obviously that has to come out of pocket too.
0: Oh, damn. Yeah.
1: But it was also said to make her anxious and bring about episodes of what they call nervousness at the back of the time, which we now call. Anxiety. Well, no, it's actually the BPD. Back in the day, it was just called nervousness. Wow.
0: Okay. Borderline yeah. personality disorder was just called nervousness. Yes.
1: Wow. So a lot of women back in the day were just
0: misdiagnosed. Of course. A lot of women are always misdiagnosed.
1: Um she obviously was treated with more medications to help calm her, and ultimately they made her drowsy and heightened her emotions altogether. Man. Yeah. And I wanna be clear that I'm not making excuses for Gertrude whatsoever before we get into this story. But you do have to consider what she's gone through and what's happened to make her commit the heinous crime that she did. Yeah. And that being said, Dennis did leave her after that miscarriage. So it was just like the cherry Sick. on the top. Yeah. So leaving her alone with seven children to raise and little to zero income, that begins our story of Sylvia Likings, a beautiful outgoing 16 year old girl just beginning what should have been a very long and happy life and guys i'm going to warn you now this case gets a little graphic so if If you're queasy yeah skip yeah this one might not be the best one for you but let's talk a little about sylvia because this is what the story is really about it's not about gertrude Sylvia Likens was born January 3rd, 1949 to Lester and Betty Likens.
0: Capricorn. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that means that that girl was going to be a powerhouse. Those are the people who get the business done. Oh.
1: Sylvia was the third child of five. She was actually considered the middle child because her two elder siblings were twins and her two younger siblings were twins. Oh. Older ones were Diana and Daniel, and the two younger ones were Jenny and Benny. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> names are fun. <laughs> Jenny and Benny. I read that, and I was like, oh, my God, their parents fucking hate them.
0: <laughs> they probably were like, oh, geez, two more
1: again at once.
0: Good. Jenny and Benny. Yep. There we go.
1: So Sylvia was closest to her younger sister, Jenny. Unfortunately, Jenny had polio when she was younger, which resulted in her wearing a leg brace in oh, one of them. Oh, yeah. And it was said that Sylvia was always there to look out for her baby sister and to take care of her because, of course, she got picked on and everything like of that. Of
0: course. Oh, such a good big sister. hmm
1: Now, Lester and Betty, they weren't by any means, like, absent parents, but they did have a lot of m- moments where things were very unstable in their marriage. Oh. So, you know, big Seems- sister to the rescue kind of thing. Seems to be a theme. Yeah. They separated many times, moving the five children around quite a bit. So they were from the like, the Indiana... Bleh, sorry, guys. Indiana area. Um, I know at one time they were living in Cali. Um, but eventually they came back to the area. Oh, Indiana, so we're back in the Midwest, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we seem to have a theme. <laughs> yeah, apparently. In June of 1965, Betty, their mother, basically kidnapped the two girls and fled to Indiana. That's where her parents were from, so that was home to her. Just the two girls? Yes, so the two older siblings were basically moving on at this time. Okay. Okay. And she was more so attached to the two girls and left the younger son with her husband. I think he helped out with a lot of the odd jobs that they had, especially um, them working as carnies. He would Uh, help with that, too, as well. Okay. Anywho, shortly after they moved to Indiana, Betty was arrested for shoplifting and locked up in county jail. For shoplifting? Yep. It's the 60s. I guess. Well, I think now today, even if you were like, I mean, you may be released pretty soon, but like back then, it probably was more of a big deal. Probably. I don't know, man. But anyways, if she's arrested, there's no way to take care of the children. Basically, this leaves Sylvia to take care of Jenny. Mm Mm-hmm. Soon thereafter, their mother's arrest, they met Paula Baniszczewski. We're going to call her. Paula B. Paula B. This was Gertrude's oldest daughter. Okay. They met up with a friend of hers who introduced her to the two girls. Okay. At the time, Sylvia was 16 and Jenny was 15. Damn, that was close Mm -hmm. together. Mm Mm-hmm. When Paula heard of Sylvia and Jenny's circumstances, she took the girls back home and basically was like, hey, you guys should stay here the night. We'll have fun. You know, your mom's at home. You know, let us, you know, kind of take you in, take care of you. So they listen to records and drink soda all night and, you know.
0: Cool teenage Teenage girl shit.
1: things. Yeah. The next day, Lester Likens arrived into town and had tracked down his wife. Now, she ultimately, of course, didn't know where the girls were because she was in county jail. So he needed to track down his daughters. And again, this is the 60s. So he runs in, you know, talking to people, talks to the one girl that they were hanging out with and describes the girls. And he's like, oh, hey, yeah, that's my daughters. And she's like, oh, yeah, they went over with Paula to this house over here. Mm -hmm. So Lester goes over there and Gertrude answers the door and introduces herself as Mrs. Wright. The two basically struck up a conversation over the porch with the idea came up that Gertrude might take in Sylvia and Jenny as boarders. Okay. Money. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And basically, Gertrude's rent was like $50 to $5 a month, Mm -hmm. which would be probably about $450 right now.
0: Yeah. Still Um, not
1: bad. Not bad, but with seven kids to raise, and her medicine bills and whatnot, she'd be an idiot not to take advantage of the lichens. Oh, yeah. Now, Lester had already spoken with his wife at the county jail at this point, and they had reconciled and agreed to travel the East Coast working as carnies. And not wanting to move their daughters around anymore, they agreed to leave the children in Gertrude's care for $20 a week. That's good money for Gertrude. hmm While Leaving your children today is kind of like frowned upon in a big red flag. Yeah. Again, in your, in the 60s, it wasn't that no, big of like, a deal. Like, it back, wasn't alarming.
0: No, because like I said, like back in the day, like boarding school was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just I feel like what you hear a lot in the history books is like boarding school was commonplace. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a client who was like sent away, was talking about how like they were sent away to like some farming school. Mm. Yeah. It was like a school that was on a farm. And they learned how to farm and then also did, like, their schoolwork.
1: I feel like if I was younger, I would hate that. But right now, I'm thinking that sounds like a vacation. Right? I know.
0: <laughs> but when my client was telling me about that, because I meet some very interesting people doing what I do for work, <laughs> and she's like, telling me that, like, it was, like, nothing. I'm, like, oh, my gosh. These parents just sent their kid away for a year? And he's she's, like, he loved it. Like, it was the greatest thing ever. I'm, like, you know, I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah. But... Lester didn't actually take the time to, like, get to know the family. Nonetheless, the household. Of course not. Because also it's the 60s. Yeah. If Lester had actually took the time to investigate where his daughters would be staying, his findings would be alarming.
0: Now, was it just the girls or was all the children
1: there? So the two eldest had actually moved on at this point.
0: Yeah, they would have been old enough to move on.
1: Because she was 16. Yeah. So the other ones were... I think around eighteen, nineteen at this point. Yeah. And then. <clears throat> so it was they, Sylvie and the other two twins? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the boy actually went to stay with grandma. And because grandmother was, you know, elderly, they didn't want to put too much on them. And the girls could be a bit much. Okay. So it's just
0: the two girls? It's
1: just the two girls. Okay. I'm just trying to remember. Oh, okay. Carry on. <laughs> Sorry. Gertrude's home, again, was filled with seven children. Mm hmm. And only had beds for half of them. So where would his kids sleep? She could barely have beds for her own children, yeah. Exactly. So, again, you're not looking into it. Not only that, the house contained no stove, there was hardly anything in the pantry, and there was only enough silverware for three people. And on top of all that, the house was caked in a thick amount of dirt. It was said to be very nasty and disturbing. Howie didn't notice that automatically, but... He
0: wasn't paying attention. Yeah, You know
1: he wasn't paying attention. But Lester and Betty believing wholeheartedly they were making the best decision by not moving their daughters around with them left them in Gertrude's care. But not before giving Gertrude permission to discipline the girls and straighten them out when they needed it. Because again, they could be a bit much that's another thing that was common yeah it
0: was I mean you would I remember hearing like also like it, the kids all played in the in this in the neighborhood playing in the streets or whatever mm-hmm. and the neighbor across the street saw one of them misbehaving they would just come up and start whooping the kid's butt you' know, mm-hmm. like you know better yep and mom and dad of the other of child just be like hey well you should have been behaving yeah nowadays and, you can't do that nowadays you can barely discipline your own kid yeah <clears throat> but back then. Ain't no big thing. No. You treated every child
1: like it was your own kid. hmm The first week went very well. The girls went to church and social events with the, ch- uh, with the family, and they were basically just happy to have other company around. Probably a little bit of a stability in their life, finally. Yeah. Probably. And not only that, to have two other girls that were close in their age, because Paula wasn't much older than them. Yeah. And then Stephanie, I believe, was the same age as Jenny. She was 15. Yeah. So they all had common interests. It was yeah. like one giant Friend group. sleepover yeah. for a while. Um. But they not only had the seven children to hang out with, but Gertrude's house seemed to be like the cool place to hang. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the neighborhood kids would actually come in and out as well. So gertrudes you could smoke cigarettes you could talk about sex and basically Ooh. just do whatever you want those were scandalous things oh, in the 60s yeah. so you know everybody was always there and being that gertrude was in such ill health most of the time she was in a daze and could barely look after her own children now that's not what her children needed neither And neighborhood Neighborhood kids, kids. Yeah. But it was what it was. People weren't paying attention to who their children were hanging out with or where they were going. It was the 60s. Yep. However, week two rolled around and anxious Gertrude was growing upset that Lester's payment hadn't arrived. Uh oh. So. Gertrude decides that the lichens girls need to be punished for their father's tardiness. Gertrude slapped the girls and made them bend over the chairs as she beat them with a paddle. The next day, Lester's check arrives. Oh, geez Louise. Yep. Arrived in the mail. Good old snail mail. Mm-hmm. Not long after that, the lichens do pay their daughters a visit. And everything seemed to be fine. In fact, on multiple occasions, they visited their daughters, and things always seemed to be okay. Both girls seemed to be happy, and nothing had ever been said to them about Gertrude's beanings. At one point, the girls went to go collecting bottles and cans to sell to make money, Um, and that was suggested by their their father. Mm -hmm. And Gertrude found out and was furious. Because they're making money. And not sharing. Basically, she accused the girls of stealing and hiding money behind her back. And she beat them once again. Weeks went by and Gertrude began to single out Sylvia instead and blame her for everything. And it's not really said as to why. There's a lot of like rumors flying around. Well, Gertrude was jealous of her youth Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Or, you know, she felt bad for Jenny. Because of the brace and the polio and whatnot. But nothing's actually said. But it did seem like she was mostly jealous well, of Sylvia.
0: this story, I know there's a movie. Yes. About. Mm-hmm. And I believe in the movie, it had to do with the jealousy of Sylvia and her Gertrude's own daughter. Mm. I think that's how they... If I'm remembering correctly.
1: I think was, the movie
0: did portray that. They portrayed the jealousy because a boy... That her daughter liked said that sylvia was beautiful but not her daughter so that was that was one of the other things there was a jealousy that's of sylvia's beauty Mm -hmm. so i guess it goes to the youth thing
1: yeah and the movie did a great job telling the base of the story but i think a lot of the facts like that they got wrong, and one of the characters we'll talk about later, Ricky yeah. Hobbs, where they said like he had this crush on Sylvia at first, yep.
0: that wasn't really the case. And that's I think what I'm referencing to. What I remember mm-hmm. was the the crush on Sylvia, not not Gertrude's mm-hmm. daughter. He was actually
1: more pining after Gertrude.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I I'm interested to hear about. That a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure you have details on that, so I'm not gonna. I'll wait. I'll
1: wait. But anyways, it did almost seem like Gertrude was jealous of Sylvia in a way and purposely taking her frustra- frustration out on her. Mm-hmm. But when Gertrude was too exhausted to punish Sylvia herself, she would have Paula deliver the blows. That's probably why they
0: got that idea of like deli- the the jealousy mm-hmm. with the Paula and the uh, Gertrude. Yep. Or Sylvia.
1: But so... Paula wanted to stay in her mother's good graces, and I'm sure you remember this from the movie. They did it a little bit backwards, but just before the girls moving into the house, Paula had ran off with her new boyfriend to start a new life, Mm -hmm. and Paula was pregnant, and her boyfriend was a married man, Uh Oh, and her mother had told her to stay away from him, that she had no business getting involved with that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, of course, she wanted to stay on her mom's good side. hmm Obviously, it didn't take long for Paula and her new man to split, and Paula moved back home. And I'm talking about it was, like, maybe a month tops. Like, it was quick. Around the beginning of August, Gertrude had told Paula that Sylvia was making up scandalous rumors about her mm-hmm. and that she needed to put an end to it, by putting Sylvia in her place. Mm-hmm. Now, Sylvia had never actually said anything about Paula. And Gertrude was just basically being an evil bitch and using Sylvia as a punching bag. Yep. Paula ended up punching Sylvia in the face so hard that she broke her wrist. Oh, damn. i Yep. And then she went on to brag about it in the community, including at church. That's not a place to brag about the fact that you punched somebody. But and back in the day, church was the big part of the community. Yeah. It was just a social gathering where everybody hung out.
0: That's not that's not a place where you brag that you hurt somebody.
1: No, it's not. I that's agree with you. Not a place you brag that but you hurt somebody when the whole community all goes to the church. Yeah, everybody's there. So yeah. <clears throat> but on top of that, she also went to use the cast as a weapon. And would beat Sylvia with it, which I think would hurt unless especially if your wrist is broken. Like, I feel like that would still bother you, but I guess not enough.
0: Um, I mean, I guess it depends on what the cl- casts were made of in the 60s. I remember in middle school, um, my middle school had a lot of fights mm-hmm. and like there was a person who had a cast and they used it as a weapon multiple times, even hit a security guard with it. Mm. because the security guard naturally was coming in to break up the fight, and they just went wham. Yeah, that was a
1: fun elementary, or middle school. (laughs) (laughs) Around mid-August, Sylvia and Jenny's parents came back to visit them. Once again, never said anything about any mistreatment.
0: Did they, did she, like, curiously just not have bruises all over her body at the time, I guess? That's what I thought, but I guess maybe they just thought it was just kids being kids. I'm not quite sure. At this point, like, I don't understand why she's not, like, saying something, unless she's scared. At this point, she's scared to speak out. Like, if she tells her parents, her parents are gonna be like, stop lying and leave her, and then Gertrude's gonna be like, bitch, why you talking? Well, most of the, what was thought was
1: that she was just overreacting.
0: Well, I guess, you know, in the beginning they said that the girls are much... Yeah. So, I guess they probably would have just listened to her as stories and making things up, and then Gertrude would have mm-hmm. just beat her for telling what's going on.
1: I know, growing up in a split household, when I said, you know, something about the other, it was just, oh, you're just, you know, over-exaggerating. That's not it's how that it line. is. Yeah. Like, these things happen for a reason. Let me explain it to you. I'm like, yeah, I know the difference, but mm. I'm sure something similar happened. Um, I don't believe they just ignored it like there had to been like some kind of signs I'd like to hope so I'm gonna yeah but what was it was only said that the girls did say was that they were hungry again not much food in the house that was in the movie so the parents did take them out for a bite to eat and drop them back off to Gertrude's care later on
0: Oh, I'm sure that got them in trouble the fact that they got to eat and her mm-hmm. children didn't
1: Yeah. So talking about abuse and the cycle of abuse and, again, the victim not wanting to talk about it, there is a concept that was first documented in the 70s by a psychologist named Lenore Walker. Mm -hmm. Through intensive observation and interview processes with the women who'd experienced abuse and domestic violence, Walker identified a few stages that tend to repeat in an abusive relationship. So, the four stages are, one, tension building, two, incident of violence, three, reconciliation, and four, calm. Hmm. So, when you're going through those cycles, it's like, okay, maybe this is normal Mm -hmm. and almost puts doubt in your mind. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. So, that could also be another reason why the girls didn't speak up that and i'm sure jenny was probably
0: so scared to speak up because if she did she's like that's gonna happen to me because you hear that a lot Mm -hmm. where kids or other people don't say anything or do anything because they don't want it to happen to them
1: and you'll definitely hear this more Mm -hmm. going through the story yeah too of course and you know, these stages don't necessarily always happen. It depends on the situation, but in this story, it does fit, and it almost seemed like Gertrude was conditioning Sylvia for, like, the worst of it. Mm -hmm. Like, this was just the beginning. Let's get you into this cycle, so that way later on, when shit hits the fan... You'll be ready. Yeah, you won't say shit. Yep. Now, by the end of August... Food supply was definitely low. It was already low. Mm -hmm. And payments were becoming more and more so late. So Gertrude took the children to a church potluck as means to feed her family. Well, as soon as they got home, Gertrude's children claimed that Sylvia was being a hog and ate entirely way too much. Sylvia was beaten for this. Just... For eating too much. And then there was another occasion where she snuck a hot dog. And of course the children ratted her out. And Gertrude encouraged her children to punish Sylvia for her gluttony. And so the children took another hot dog. Piled it with as much spices and condiments that they could find. Then forced her to eat all of it. Not all of that. You know, of course, upset her stomach and am able to hold it down. She immediately threw it up. Mm -hmm. Well, that was not enough. The children then forced her to eat her own vomit. The fact that the
0: kids got involved.
1: Just ridiculous. Remember, Gertrude was kind of just out of it kind of lazy, drowsy all the time. So it it doesn't surprise me that she would pawn off something that she thought was her task to do onto somebody else. Oh, yeah. I know. Now, days later, Gertrude accuses Sylvia of having a hamburger on her breath and mustard in the corner of her lips. And nobody else sees any evidence of this. They don't see her eat it. They don't see anything on her lips. But Gertrude says it's there, so it's there. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Gertrude punched her straight in the face. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just hitting children. Yep, like it was nothing, just for eating. At the end of August, Gertrude's mental stability seemed to decline even more so. Money was scarce, and without funds, she couldn't purchase her medicine.
0: Ah, shit.
1: Yep, so she began to self-medicate. or medicate. Around this time the abuse that Sylvia was enduring was starting to morph into torture. Gertrude had asked Sylvia if she had ever been with a boy. And Sylvia responded with that when they lived in California, she had let a boy feel feel her up. So Gertrude immediately burst into a fit and accused Sylvia of being a prostitute and informed the rest of the house that Sylvia was pregnant because she let a boy touch her vagina. I remember that in the movie. She then attacked Sylvia, repeatedly kicking her in the crotch. When Sylvia attempted to sit down afterwards, Paula threw the chair out and informed her, you ain't fit to sit in any chairs. What the hell? Yep. From there on, Sylvia was only allowed to sit in a chair with permission. So at this point, this girl is afraid to eat, or she'll get beat, and now she can't even sit, rest, nothing, without being beat. Now, around this time, Gertrude also began allowing her older children to use Sylvia as sort of a living plaything, and with the games ranging from beatings to being pushed down the stairs.
0: Yeah. That's so gross. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she basically became the living pinata. The living punching bag. Mm-hmm. Fucking
1: disgusting. Mm. Now, people have theorized that Gertrude's hard life and current living conditions resulted in a mental break. And that's why what I'm about to talk about has happened. Um, still. The violence against the two girls is an extreme form of domestic abuse, and at the end of the day, I don't think you can blame that on somebody's hard life. No. No. Yeah. Whatever the case, Gertrude did justify her rage by accusing Lykins of being a prostitute and delivering bizarre sermons to her children and the neighborhood children about the filthiness of prostitutes and just women in general. Oh, jeez. Yep.
0: Are you sure she only had these few, like, disorders? Because I'm really getting a schizo, like, vibe here going. That's all that's
1: been documented so far.
0: I guess in the 60s, schizophrenia probably wasn't
1: very big. No, not yet. Or Mm -mm. syphilis. (laughs) Syphilis was. The day after Gertrude kicked Sylvie in the crotch, according to Jenny, as an act of vengeance, Sylvia and Jenny told their classmates that they had seen Paula and Stephanie having sex with boys in exchange for money. Now, is that a true story? Because I did hear about that. That was documented in my research okay. as being true. Jenny said that. So Jenny did do that. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know why Jenny would say that knowing what happened to her sister. I don't know if it was a way just to get back. She was pissed off and thought it was a good idea. She's mean. She's immature. She is. You know I did I do remember that being a thing and yeah. Okay. But Go on. When Stephanie's 15-year-old boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, discovered what Sylvia and Jenny had said, he came to Gertrude's home and beat up Sylvia. And of course told told Gertrude. Oh no. From then on, Coy, encouraged by Gertrude, practiced his judo on Sylvia. Around this time, Gertrude got Sylvia's best friend alone long enough to convince her that Sylvia had been telling boys at school that her mother was a whore. So at this time, no. she's already tried to come between her family mm-hmm. with Sylvia. Now she's attacking Who's standing beside Sylvia. So she convinced Sylvia's friend that Mm -hmm. Sylvia's mother is a whore? Yep. Got it. When Gertrude took her best friend to see Sylvia, she directed that she to handle the situation and punish Sylvia. So she convinced her friend to punish Sylvia? Mm -hmm. Sylvia's friend is to punish Sylvia. Yep. Soon after, Gertrude told one of Paula's friends that Sylvia had been spreading rumors about her mother. And in result, made the girls fight against each other in a fist fight. And during the fight, Gertrude then instructed Jenny, her little sister, to punch Sylvia.
0: Please, 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 please.
1: Jenny refused. Okay, good. Gertrude then began to beat Jenny in the face until she finally agreed to punch Sylvia. Oh, no. So she punches Sylvia. A few days later, Sylvia goes to Gertrude to request for money for a gym outfit for school. Gertrude automatically, you know, tells her there's no money. You know, you're shit out of luck. Mm -hmm. I ain't got nothing for you. Mm -hmm. So Sylvia then decides to steal a gym outfit from her school. And, of course, when Gertrude's doing laundry and she finds the outfit, she pulls the confession out of Sylvia. Gertrude, of course, is enraged. That Sylvia is stealing. Of course. And pushes to the ground and repeatedly kicks her in the crotch before announcing what? that Sylvia needs to be cured from her sticky fingers.
0: What is with the crotch kicking of the girl? I mean. I don't know. Like, that's just, like, the weird thing. Like.
1: It almost makes you wonder, like, at some point <clears throat> in time, was that what her mother did to her? Right? The
0: like, cr- like, the crotch kicking is just, it seems to be a theme for her. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, though she's a girl, she doesn't have much there. It still hurts. Yes, it it does hurt. It still hurts. There's bones there. Mm -hmm. There's not much protection there. And if you repeatedly hit something that is skin and bone, Mm -hmm. it fucking hurts.
1: Yep. But in order to punish Sylvia from her sticky fingers, she lights a cigarette and puts it out on each fingertip and then beats her with a belt. Mm. After this incident, the smokers in the home, which is almost everybody... Yeah, it's the 60s. Yeah, begin putting their cigarettes out on Sylvia's body as a reminder of her not to steal. Damn. Sometimes later, Sylvia went out again to sell old soda bottles for money. Evidently, she was trying to make up enough money to get her and her sister out of that place. And Gertrude accused her of prostitution. Good golly. Gertrude took her into the living room and forced Sylvia to strip naked in front of her sons and as well as the neighborhood boys. And if she didn't, she was going to beat Jenny. Once Sylvia was fully naked, Gertrude handed her Coke bottle. And Sylvia was forced to masturbate with it for the boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that does a lot of fucking damage. Sylvia became incontinent after that and then frequently wet the bed. Yeah. As a result, Gertrude decided that she was no longer fit to live with humans and locked her in the basement. Now, of course, the basement didn't have a toilet or anything. So that left Sylvia to defecate and urinate on the floor. And when Gertrude found out about this, she began a bathing regimen that they in the house to cleanse sylvia who she began calling dirty girl and what this consisted of was with filling a bathtub full of hot boiling water and binding sylvia's wrists and ankles then dunking her into it and then following after the bath they would rub handfuls of salt over sylvia's body
0: oh gosh where were the parents now did they just stop coming they're still supposedly coming That's, I mean, at this point, you're going to see
1: cigarette burns on your child. I would like to think so, especially when we get to the autopsy. It seems a little bit of a red flag to me that her parents didn't see these, but we'll get there. During this period, Gertrude took on 14-year-old Ricky Hobbs, who is, what's his name in the movie? Everybody's obsessed with him. Evan Peters. Yep. Um, she took him on as her personal assistant, henchman, if you will. Yeah. And he was pretty much a good kid. He was an honor student, come from middle class family, didn't have any previous, you know, legal trouble or anything like that. So this was a sudden shift in personality. Mm-hmm. So one has to think why. And while there's no proof, but most speculated that Ricky was Gertrude's lover and that she had seduced the boy into becoming her partner in crime. I think that
0: might have a lot to do with it. And I think really, like, you hear this a lot in abuse, abusive homes where kids are terrified that it's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. So they just let the other person take on the beatings because it's saving their life. And natural instinct is you save your life.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, sorry, guys. Gertrude's children actually then began to turn Sylvia into like a sideways show. Mm -hmm. A means to make money and charge the neighborhood children a nickel to gawk at her nude or you could push her down the stairs. Um, She was constantly kept downstairs in the basement now and was rarely bathed at this point only if she was to be put on display to make money. Oh my gosh! Um they didn't feed her much, but when they did, they used a very bizarre fashion to let her eat, such as Gertrude would make her eat soup with her fingers. righty then and then often Gertrude and her twelve year old son John Jr would force. Sylvia to eat her own feces, and make her urinate in a jar, and then uh, drink it. Uh, little, little. Yeah. Ugh. Poor sweetheart. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't it doesn't stop. Oh, I know. Jenny managed to send contact to her and Sylvia's older sister Diana, who at this point was married and had a family of her own, and Jenny basically outlined all the horrors that her and Sir- Sylvia were experiencing. And instructed Diana to please contact the police to come rescue them. Mm -hmm. And Diana just basically ignored the letter, believing that Jenny was displeased with any kind of punishment that she was receiving. and was just making up stories. So shortly afterwards, Diana just thinks maybe I should just go pay a visit, make sure they're okay. Mm -hmm. She does. And Gertrude refuses to allow her into the home. At first telling her that Lester, her father, had contacted Gertrude and said that she wasn't allowed near the girls. There was no reason for Diana not to be around the girls. So this seemed kind of odd to Diana. So at that point, she hid nearby the house until she spotted Jenny coming out. Mm -hmm. And when she approached Jenny, Jenny told her older sister that she was not allowed to talk to her and ran away. Again, probably feared for her own safety right so at that point Diana's very concerned and she actually contacts social services and social services does go to the home and gertrude tells them basically that she had kicked out sylvia out of the house for being unclean and a prostitute and that sylvia i guess after that had just you know run away run off with some men mm-hmm Somehow, in between the social service visit, Gertrude got to Jenny before the social worker did and basically told her, you better not fucking say anything or you're next. And And Jenny backs up the story saying, yeah, my sister ran away with all these men and she's a whore. So the social worker returned to her office where she filed a report stating that no more calls need to be made. On October 21st, Gertrude instructed John Jr., Coy, and Stephanie to bring up Sylvia from the basement and tie her to a bed. Telling Sylvia that if she could hold her bladder long enough through the night, she would be permitted to sleep upstairs again. And next morning when Gertrude came in and discovered she had wet the bed, Gertrude took her back down into the living area where she was once again forced to perform a striptease tease. And masturbate with a Coca-Cola bottle. When Sylvia was finished, she was allowed to dress. And after a moment later, Gertrude brought up Sylvia's lies about Paul and Stephanie and declared, You have branded my daughters, so I will brand you. Yep. That's in the movie, too. Yep. Again, she was forced to strip naked. She was tied down and gagged while one of Gertrude's children heated a sewing needle. And when the needle was orange, Gertrude used it to carve the letter i and part of the letter m. And she part did of the letter m. Yep, yeah, she did it in part or in in the middle of Sylvia's stomach. Um she had choked her herself could not finish the job. Gee, I wonder why you dumb fuck. Yep, so guess who she got to do it? Coy. No, Ricky Hobbs. Ah. Um he continued Carving letters and spelling out the phrase "I am a prostitute and proud of it," <laughs> and I think at even one point in time had paused, so that he could ask Gertrude how to spell "prostitute." Oh wow! Yeah. <clears throat> Satisfied, Gertrude, you know, leaves, leaving Sylvia tied and gagged and naked with the kids, and Ricky, Paula, and them decide that it's a good idea. To start carving an S in the middle of her chest. They said that this could basically stand for either Sylvia or Slave. But essentially, Ricky couldn't do it anymore. So, he instructed Jenny to do it. And thankfully, Jenny refused. But, Gertrude's 11-year-old said that she would do it. And when she went to do it, she choked and Accidentally carved the S backwards and branded Sylvia with the number three on her chest. (laughs) Dumbass. And right after that, Koi took Sylvia back into the basement and practiced judo. Ah, lovely. Yep. In the middle of the night, Jenny sneaked into the basement to visit her sister. And basically, Sylvia told her, I'm going to die. I can tell. Oh, no. So, concern. Jenny tries to plead with Gertrude. Gertrude's still not having any of it, but Gertrude does bring Sylvia upstairs and allow her to sleep in one of the beds. Because she's going to die, and Gertrude mm-hmm. doesn't want to get stuck with manslaughter. Basically. She was allowed to sleep until noon the next day. Wow. October 23rd, when Gertrude woke her up, Stephanie, one of her younger daughters, took her into the bathroom and gave her a warm, soapy bath. Oh, how soft and comforting. Mm -hmm. After the bath, Gertrude and Paula dressed Sylvia and then forced her to write a runaway letter to her parents. And this is word for word what the letter read. Oh, no. I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night, and they said that they would pay me if I would give them something, so I got in the car, and they all got what they wanted, and when they got finished, they beat me up and left sores on my face and all over my body. They also put on my stomach. I am a prostitute and proud of it. I have done just about everything I could do to make Gertie mad and cause Gertie more money than she's got. I've torn up a new mattress and peed on it. I have also cost Gertie doctor bills that she really can't pay and made Gertie a nervous wreck in all her kids. After she finished writing that letter, Gertrude then began formulating a plan to have John Jr. and Sylvia's little sister take her to a nearby garbage and dump her and leave her there to die. And, of course, Sylvia overheard this, so... She runs for the front door, trying to make an escape. At this time, she's mutilated. Yeah. She moves slowly. Yeah. Slowly enough that Gertrude grabs her. She have
0: food in her system.
1: Yeah. She grabs her, brings her back in. She doesn't get away. No. She does, man- Gertrude <laughs> does manage to settle Sylvia down after that, and she makes her some toast. Oh, how nice. And Sylvia does try to eat it, but she looks at Gertrude and tells her, I can't swallow. Again, probably from severe dehydration. Yeah. So that pisses Gertrude off because she made this big grand gesture to feed her.
0: Right. So kind of her that she gave her fucking toast. So she takes
1: down the kitchen rod for the curtains and beats her in the mouth with it. She instructs Sylvia to be tied back up in the basement, and for some reason, then manages to try to make her a plate of crackers. She brings her the crackers, and Sylvia just replies, "Feed it to the dogs. It's hungrier than I." She gave up at this point. Yep, she knew it was going to punch or piss Gertrude off. Um, and so Gertrude repeatedly punches Sylvia in the stomach before leaving her in the basement. And then on the next day, on the 24th, she comes into the basement and out out of nowhere, just bludgeons Sylvia, just beats the crap out of her. And she first tries to hit her with a chair and misses and breaks it against the wall. And then she tries to beat her in the head with a paddle, but swung so wide in such a like stance that she ends up coming back and hitting herself in the face and blackens her own eye. Good. And of course the kids are down there watching them. And coy at this point steps in and decides to stop the fight by beating Sylvia with a broomstick until she's unconscious. Hmm. On the 26th, Gertrude told Stephanie to give Sylvia a warm bath, probably feeling a little guilty after the previous day. Um, and they brought her up, put her in the bathtub, and later, her in there fully clothed till they realized that she was not breathing. Stephanie pulls her out, tries to give her CPR, but this time she was already dead. Mm. So, in a panic, Gertrude tells her children to take Sylvia's body basically to the basement and strip it naked. And then she tells Ricky to go by to a near pay, to a nearby uh, payphone to call the cops because, of course, she didn't have a phone or anything. Mm-hmm. And when the police arrive, Gertrude gave them the letter that Jenny or Sylvia had previously made. And thank God, Jenny's smart enough in the midst of the, all the commotion to get to one cop and say, "I'll tell you everything." Just get me out of here. Oh, good, sweetheart. So that statement, combined with the police's discovery of Sylvia's body in the basement, prompted the officers to arrest Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, John, Ricky, and Coy for murder. And then four other neighborhood children present at the time were also arrested for injury to a person. Gertrude, her children... Ricky and Coy were held without bail, pending their trials. Charges against the other four children, though, were dismissed. And Stephanie's lawyer, why she had a different lawyer than all the rest, got her a separate trial, and before it was able to begin, the district attorney, for some reason, just dropped the charges. Hmm. Now, you talked about what you think her parents would see. The yeah. cigarette burns like or why
0: wouldn't the why wouldn't the parents see if they continually visited her and she was enduring mm-hmm. all this treatment, you would think, how did you not notice burns on her hands or bruises on her face or cuts on her mouth? Mm-hmm. Like she's going to have fucking marks from this. Like
1: how did you not see that? Well, an autopsy of Sylvia turned up over a 100- hundred Cigarette burns on her body. Oh, sweet baby girl. In addition to various second and third degree burns, severe bruising, muscle and nerve damage. And on top of that, Sylvia had bit through her lips, nearly severing them, each of them going, like, swollen shut while she was going through shock right before her death. Oh, baby. Her vaginal cavity was nearly swollen shut, And through examination of the the canal, determined that her hymen was still intact. And that completely disproved Gertrude's accusation that Sylvia was a prostitute and that she was pregnant. Oh, yeah. The official cause of death was brain swelling, internal hemorrhaging of the brain, and shock. Mm. The case of the state of Indiana versus Gertrude, John, Paula, Ricky, and Coy started in May of 1966. So at least it didn't take long to get it rolling. Right. But the community wanted these people on death row. So they sought the death penalty for all involved, including John and Ricky, who were only 13 and 14. Paulo's time in court was interrupted when she was rushed to the hospital to give birth to the child that her and her mother had lied to the entire town, saying that. Oh, no, it was rumor. she wasn't pregnant. Yes, I remember
0: that. That They mentioned the court trial in the movie. Because mm-hmm. very briefly. One of them, and I don't know if you have this in your notes, so I'm going to wait until you're done to make sure before mm-hmm. I jump on that. But one of them was like, oh, my gosh. But Paula, that was mentioned that she, they were lied and about the, the pregnancy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Paula did go on to name her little girl. Gertrude. Fuck you. Yeah. So Gertrude's attorney basically tries to shift the blame onto the killer children saying, you know, that because Gertrude was chronically ill and incapable of preventing or participating in the abuse, that was all their fault.
0: Oh my fucking goodness. Yeah.
1: So at the very end of the day, not only were you just a shitty woman to somebody else's child, you turned on your own fucking children. You let your children take the blame for your negligence. Exactly. Fucking bitch. But the most damaging testimony against Gertrude was not only due to herself, but one of her daughters. She recounted bizarre tales of Sylvia being a neighborhood prostitute and of her flings with middle-aged married men, as well accusing her of frequently starting fights in the home. So to collaborate this they brought up 11 year old marie who was basically said at first yeah everything my mom said is true sylvia was a whore yada 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 but then when it came to cross-examination she suddenly screamed god help me because she couldn't take it anymore and admitted that everything she had just said and what her mother said was a lie and then went to recount in graphic and explicit detail what nobody else would know unless you committed the crime, how they tortured and murdered Sylvia. So ultimately, Marie is what ultimately convicted everybody. Yep. Um, Gertrude was found guilty of murder in the first degree. She did not get the death penalty which did piss off the community of course but she was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole paula was convicted of second degree murder she appealed and was granted a new trial but before it started she struck a plea deal and pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter and she only served three years in prison and then was paroled fuck you yep john coy and ricky were each convicted of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced his- to 18 months in a juvenile detention facility. Now, Ricky, he was 17 years old when he was released and this really fucked with his psyche and the crimes that he had committed sunk in and he suffered a nervous breakdown and to cope with it, he began heavy chain smoking, which severely decayed his lungs by the time he was 20 and at the age of 21, he actually died of lung cancer. Damn. Damn. Later on, Gertrude actually appeals and she is granted a new trial. The fuck? Yep. How is she granted anything? I know. She was again found guilty. Of course. Though this time she was sentenced 18 years to life. And over the course of, course of the next 18 years, Gertrude became a model prisoner, working in the sewing shop and becoming a den mother to younger female inmates. Fuck you.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: But get this, by the time she came up for parole in 1985, she had earned the prison nickname Mom.
0: Ew. hmm
1: <laughs> The news of Gertrude's parole hearing sent anger and panic through the Indiana community, obviously. Because they all wanted to see them dead. dead. And the Likens family appeared on television to speak out against Gertrude's parole hearing. Mostly Jenny, though no jenny witnessed it
0: all Mm -hmm. of course she's gonna fight she just watched the person who protected her the most Mm -hmm. get hurt and she couldn't protect her back she didn't do anything about it yeah i mean that's gonna live with her forever poor baby
1: um two anti-crime groups in the area actually began a sidewalk picket campaign And over the course of two months, they actually collected 4,500 signatures from citizens in the community, demanding that Gertrude be kept behind bars. But that wasn't enough, and Gertrude was granted parole. And during the hearing, she gave the following confession, and this is word for word. I'm not sure what role I had in it, because I was on drugs. I never really knew her. I take full responsibility for whatever happened to Sylvia. And after that, Gertrude walked out of prison on December 4th, 1985 and traveled to Iowa under the name Nadine Van Fossen, and she died of lung cancer in 1990. She should have died in a cell. She should have died in a cell. But she was let go for some fucking reason. Poor...
0: You know the person I feel bad for most? Obviously, Sylvia. Mm -hmm.
1: Obviously.
0: Jenny. Yeah. My heart aches for Jenny to know that that bitch got out. Mm -hmm. And was able to live and die. At an old age. She got to live another five years after being released. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Jenny. I'm sure you're not listening to this right now, but
1: I'm sorry. Yeah. It's... Our justice system, there's not actually really any justice in it.
0: No, we definitely are learning this more and more mm-hmm. with doing this and talking about some of these cases. Like, now, I remember in the movie, the movie was called American... An
1: American Crime.
0: American Crime. And it had uh, Elliot Page at mm-hmm. the time she was Ellen, Ellen Page. Ellen Page, yeah. He, sorry, he was Ellen Page. Um Evan Peters. Yeah. I didn't that, recognize him at first. I didn't even know that was Evan Peters until you told me that. I'm like, holy fuck. Um I do remember in the movie I saw I saw that movie. I saw the Coke thing. Mm-hmm. The Coke bottle thing. They did not go into detail graphics in that movie like they did what you had just shared today. If you haven't seen that movie, do I definitely do recommend watching it because it it is for a movie very similar. And on point of almost the things that happened. There yeah. was in the point in the movie where actually in the movie, she was in the basement forever. They threw her down in the basement. Someone came and saved her in the movie, though. I cannot
1: remember. It was actually one of her dreams. So she was dreaming of being saved. Okay. So it was poorly told well, in the she movie. Was, she but, was dead. But yeah. That she was, was her dead. Yeah, that was her dreaming that she had escaped. And then you later find out in the next scene that she's dead. Okay, yeah, because someone came
0: and, like, ran to the basement. In the Mm -hmm. movie, someone came, ran to the basement, untied her, was screaming at everybody, um, carrying her out. I did not know that that actually was a dream, but Mm -hmm. really she was dead. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. The
1: movie is actually not that great of a movie unless you already know the story behind it. Yeah. As just a movie itself, it fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. But if you know the case, like, they were were pretty... spot on but they left out a shit ton of details yeah gertrude
0: does come down there and feeds her and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and then all of a sudden you see like she's like feeding her and like she's kind of just wincing because she's so tired and so weak and so she's pissed off that she's not eating this food because of the grand gesture she's doing she's like i'm trying to be nice to you and you're being a bitch about it she's like starts putting her cigarette out on her um and it shows like the neighborhood kids coming and beating up on her for fun um, In the movie, though, it does make it seem like the parents never show up. Like, they came once or twice and then you never see them again. Which is why I'm like, why did the parents not notice your child is obviously fucking mutilated?
1: Yeah, I still I still don't understand that. I, I, I don't know the circumstances and I hate to accuse, but I don't have any sympathy for Mr. and Mrs. Likens. No. The one person my heart aches for is her sister mm-hmm. who had to watch it yeah she had to
0: she had to live the horrors she had to watch her sister and she sister. can not do
1: fucking anything about it yeah
0: that part that part breaks my heart um i do know in the movie though there was one person in there who was on apparently record being the youngest kid convicted of a crime mm-hmm. and that was one of the kids john in jr that's it yeah he was the youngest he was actually convicted mm-hmm. and he had something in juvenile i guess yeah is what happened he was the youngest in history convicted of a crime yeah.
1: the rest of them have said to pretty much move on and pretty much live normal lives um i know i read one statement that john because i guess something else had happened in the area but essentially that john um he did feel guilt yeah and said that he should have served more time and what he did was wrong yeah
0: but again, some of those kids, like I said, you watch what's happened, and you're just like, I don't want this to happen to me, so I just better fucking participate. Yeah. it, I could be next. And it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Oh, my gosh. But. That's a doozy.
1: Poor Sylvia.
0: Yeah. Poor Sylvia. Poor Jenny. Mm-hmm. And just to think, like, her sister could have saved her, but she was lied to. hmm Her oldest sister. Wow. Well, this was another long one. Thanks, guys. Thanks for sticking around. For sticking around. Next, <laughs> next week's going to be a little bit of a shorter one for you guys. Yeah, we're doing something local, right? Uh huh. Hang Ooh, in for that one. It's yeah, a, come check us out. Yeah, you got to check that one out. It's a it's a local story. We'll talk a little bit more about that at the next one. But thank you for sharing that one. I I like I said I've seen that movie, but. And I knew it was based off of a true story, but I did not know it was to that magnitude. Mm-hmm. Of course,
1: movies never are to the magnitude of what really fucking happened. Of course not. No, you can't put all of that into and um, at that time like an imaginary tale for them. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. But.
1: Whew. Stay tuned, guys. Make sure in the meantime you like, follow, and share on the
0: TikToks and the Facebooks. At at a- co-worker calls it the face space because <laughs> facebook's getting old like yeah. my space so he calls it the face space um and yeah keep uh keep giving us some stories we got another story also that was given to us um so that one should be coming down the pike from my cousin Ooh, yeah I thought look into what that one was the story next week is actually a story from my client so that's exciting we'll talk a little bit more about that next week but until then guys stay hydrated and thank you Bye.